0: Hello out there and welcome to Even Footing Game Presents, a conversation with creators around the internet who are into some wonderfully wacky and weird stuff. I'm your host, Jason, the creative director for Even Footing Games, and I am thrilled tonight to be speaking with our guest. Our guest tonight is the creative force behind the podcast, Monstrous Agonies. It's a relationship advice show for members of the Creature Encrypted community monsters was born out of the need that fantastic mix of a need for creative outgrowth and unemployment which i think a lot of us can probably understand especially during the pandemic monsters agonies has quickly become a favorite podcast amongst fans of horror and fantasy and positive queer representation the show recently when we were recording this finished its second season and celebrated that with getting a nomination for the 2022 British Fantasy Awards for Best Audio. Hailing from Northern Ireland by way of England, I am thrilled to welcome writer, actor, producer, and creator H.R. Owen. Hello. Thank you so much. Hello. Thank you so much for being here.
1: Thank you for inviting me. It's very exciting. I sound quite impressive when you put it all together like that.
0: (laughs) It is quite impressive. so the way I like to set these up hr is is just a sort of a... you
1: can call me hero i usually hero go by is hero. Great. Yeah. hero yeah
0: hero let's go by here you know what i'm dubbing this one a hero's journey because oh beautiful. That's how I
1: am. Mm. yeah
0: that's, <laughs> that's just yep. the type of you'd think i'd
1: I have am. heard every variation of that joke but i have not that, that, that was no. you yeah yes <laughs> yeah usually people start singing at me
0: <laughs> i need a hero yeah yeah I'm sad I missed the opportunity there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, Hero, I found Monsters Agonies during the pandemic, especially the shutdown in the U.S. because, you know, that's, mm-hmm. that's where I'm. And I needed... I was just listening to everything that I could find mm-hmm. because there was nothing else to do. And it came along in just the right time for me. I'm guessing it came along at the right time for you. Can you, can you tell us a little bit about how Monsters came to be?
1: Yeah, so I... I have had a lot of different jobs in different industries. So Mm -hmm. I did my undergrad in theology, then I worked at a peace center for two years, then I did a master's in history, then I worked in a toy shop, then I worked at a community funders, and then I was accepted onto a, a grad scheme at a big publishing house in London. And all of these things happened sort of That is not the career path of somebody who is planning Mm -hmm. what they're doing next, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know. I just sort of fell into one thing to another. And then when I was in London, I realized very quickly that I did not want to be in London. I've lived in Northern Ireland since I was 18, so over a decade now. I just realized I turned 30. You're doing the quite math, recently. Yeah. I'm like, oh. oh, it's actually quite a lot over a
0: decade, isn't it? <laughs> it's not mm. <laughs> um,
1: welcome to your 30s. <laughs> all of my everyone I loved was on a different landmass, you know, mm-hmm. and I and I I didn't like publishing as much as I thought I would, mm-hmm. and, and I didn't like being in an office and all of these things. So I was like, okay, well, I've got some savings. I'm going to quit my job. And I've got enough money that I can just go back to Belfast where the cost of living is extremely low and you can do this sort of thing and just take my time and relax and chill out for a bit. So I handed in my notice in February 2020 and got back to Belfast in March 2020 for my year of rest and
0: relaxation. Oh my gosh, you picked the best time.
1: Just incredibly well-timed. And on the plus side, I mean... Nobody was hounding me about like, oh, have you got a job yet? Have you got Mm it? Everyone was just like, yeah, no. Mm -mm." Mm -mm. And it, it, in a lot of ways, it meant that the pressure was off even more drastically than I had planned for, (laughs) you know, it was, Mm -hmm. it was really Mm -hmm. like, oh, not only, not only do I not have to do anything, but actually I don't, it's not safe for me to get an office job right now and there Mm -hmm. aren't any anyway. So, and then I was... I've been writing for quite a long time and with not a huge amount of success, do you know, So, mm-hmm. the odd short story and the odd magazine and, and a bit of, it's, you know, sort of things here and there, but just, I, I what I was getting frustrated at was the feeling of, of not being able to knowing that not to sound like a Wazzock, but like knowing I'm quite good, do you know? Yeah. And, and I can oh, do it. Sure. And I can, mm-hmm. and I know, I, I know what my strengths are. And I, I knew that I had good things to write and good things to to say that people would enjoy, but not being able to get them to the audience because if you're going through traditional publishing, mm-hmm. it's so hard. And, I, I mean, yeah. I used to work as well as a, a slush pile reader for a short story magazine. I know how arbitrary those decisions are. Mm-hmm. You know, I know that it could just be that you got the slush pile reader who doesn't like monsters, Or who has just read three other vampire love stories, and (laughs) yours is just another one, you know? That a genre is that a thing? Yeah. But like you know, you I know how how arbitrary that is, and and so I started thinking like, okay, well, what can I do that is going to get my work straight to the people who are Mm -hmm. who are going to want to be consuming it, and and podcasting, I think is really unique, especially audio fiction, I think, is yeah. really unique as a as a fiction medium because you you get straight to your audience, but also it's the norm, actually. It's mm-hmm. you know, it's it's yeah. absolutely the norm for people who are fans of audio fiction to listen to first time indie podcasters recording on their laptop and yep. just trying to yep. kind of try and make it sound okay, you know, and that's normal. Whereas self-publishing is, you know, great and fantastic, but it's most people get their books from a bookshop. Yeah. You know, most people get their music from the radio or from Spotify. And if you're not in those places, you're not going to get discovered. Mm-hmm. Whereas audio fiction, you really can just walk in and go, oh, I've got a podcast. And people go, oh, cool. What's it about? I mean, listen, let's let's give it a go. So, yeah, that was, that was kind of the thinking. And a lot of the decisions about the format of the show mm-hmm. were about, Uh, the fact that I'm one person who doesn't really know how to make a podcast (laughs) trying to (laughs) mitigate that as much as possible
0: so you're what you're one person in the podcast and if you haven't listened to Monsters Agonies yet I implore you to go out and do it the 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 premise of the show is it's a pretty much life and romance advice show for members of, of the creature community it's it's a hidden on the dial where normies can't get to and so it really kind of feels like you're listening into something that 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 might be hidden from you normally what was you are one person figuring this out as you go mm-hmm. was that set up the idea that this is kind of both the actual show and then the little like what happens when the record is still playing the recording is still going but the 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 broadcast is off mm-hmm. was that born out of not quite knowing how you're doing, because it it feels at parts, especially in the in the first few uh, episodes in the and the early first season, that it's like someone's not quite familiar with the engineering board. the whoever is <laughs> yeah. is is doing the sound engineer for the presenter yeah. and for the show. And they're kind of figuring out: should I shut it off now? Okay. Yeah. So there's a little bit of that in there, which is very Mm -hmm. charming. Is how much (laughs) of that was kind of planned in, and how much of that was just you figuring out what you were doing.
1: (laughs) I think a lot of it was figuring out as I went, but I think it was also, it was also kind of going, what can I write that isn't going to get shown up by my lack of skills in this area? You know. So I was kind of going like, okay, if I sound like an amateur radio station. Mm-hmm. That kind of just sounds like an amateur podcast. Mm-hmm. You know, that's okay. Mm-hmm. And 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 I can do that. And if it sounds like, you know, like like that they're, they're not quite sure when to press the button or it's not mm-hmm. quite the seamless transitions right. that that it could be. That's okay. That's actually that works, you know? And then also some of it was born of necessity because because I had decided Okay, this is it is only going to be we're never going to sort of jump the shark and stop being the sort of 15, 20 minutes Mm -hmm. at two in the morning on a Thursday in the radio station. So at no point like Monstrous Agonies isn't going to have a, oh, we're wandering off and talking Mm -hmm. to people in the street or whatever, Um, you know, like a street
0: interview. Yeah,
1: (laughs) exactly. Exactly. You know, we can play with that format a little but fundamentally it kind of it is the advice show and it is at this time and it is for this length of time. And so it when well anything that happens pretty much has to happen at two in the morning on a Thursday mm-hmm. in this mm-hmm. in this yeah. radio station right. or somebody has to come in and say, you'll never guess what happened <laughs> what <laughs> happened yeah, yeah And so you're kind of trying to minimize the amount of awkward exposition of Mm -hmm. like my goodness just outside there's a dragon and he's really mad about it and you'll (laughs) never guess you know you're trying to avoid that so it does mean we've got the character of Mab who comes in much more in season two but Mm -hmm. she sort of just bursts into this to the studio and starts talking and that works for that character but I feel like if we had a lot of characters you'd struggle with that because you'd be going Mm -hmm. well surely not everybody is personality-wise, sort of inclined to walk in while somebody's on air and just start talking at them.
0: Right, right.
1: (laughs) So, yeah.
0: And that's a a lovely... That works for Mab so well because you find out, you know, there is a history between... The presenter and Mab, and, and and it does feel very much like an intrusion, not only into her show but back into mm. their personal life as well. Mm-hmm. So it's it's and I'm, yes, I'm trying not and to you've, just...
1: you've you've got the the presenter who's sort of intensely private and is yes trying not to give mm-hmm. anything of their personal life away, right. and then you've got Mab who is just chatting about it on, on mm-hmm. national
0: radio quite and happens. yeah and I can and I can see the presenter just frantically looking for the off button yeah, meanwhile just, telling get out of yeah. my studio I'm recording. Yeah, right. Absolutely. It, it's obvious they take their job very seriously mm. even if it is Thursday at 2 a.m on a radio exactly. on an AM radio station <laughs> I think one of the, the things about your writing and you and it is you're you're absolutely right to be to be proud of, of the quality of it because the writing's very good.
1: Thank you. Of course That's really I'm, why I agree to this interview. I just
0: sure, just, of course, I am going. I'm going to
1: pre- flatter
0: <laughs> you. Yes, yes, I'm going to pile flattery upon you. <laughs> this is the cool thing for me because I such, I do love the show. So getting to sit down and chat with you about it is like oh, this is, oh I'm fanning a little bit too. <laughs> the writing is so good, and I think what is so seamless about it is you you've built a world that is so close to to are the real world and yet there are just subtle changes in language changes in how things are referred to you know there's a se- the the members of the of the, the night folk the, the night community have a language their own mm-hmm. that is built upon what is recognizable but at the same time just different enough to know that okay mm-hmm. they're not talking about what we so Tell me about that process. Tell me about deciding these are the terms that I'm going to use. These are the, you yeah. know, whatever the case may be of, of building that that hidden world just beneath the waking world.
1: Yeah, it was actually something I was like slightly worried about when we first started because I was like, you know, it is riffing on a lot of sort of social justice language, mm-hmm. and much. I yeah. I had a bit of a worry that people wouldn't get that this was someone. In that, making fun of their own family, teasing mm-hmm, a little, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm, when you yeah. say, you know, the vitally challenged, I'm not making fun of the <laughs> idea of using inclusive fair. language. It's just, mm-hmm. you know, and so I did have a little concern that people wouldn't get that it was teasing, mm-hmm. not mocking. It's right. the, you know, it's it's a bit of sort of, sort of jokey stuff. And I think also, like, in terms of where those phrases came from, like i really wish that there was a really cool answer i just think it's funny i just do the Mm -hmm. ones that i think are funny for the most part yeah
0: that's 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 a perfectly Um, reasonable answer
1: yeah and you kind of feel it out as well like you know i'm i'm trans and non-binary and there are so many words about what i am and how i identify Mm -hmm. that i could use And I tend to just go with queer. That's the word that I use. And so uh, I enjoy playing with the idea that you might call yourself, you might say about your friend that they're from a somatically variable or somatically non-stable (laughs) subgenus. But like they call themselves a shapeshifter, but you can't call themselves a shapeshifter, call them a shapeshifter unless that's you, that's
0: their you know, term right yeah, yeah, exactly yeah, that's their exactly. term for yeah. them yeah.
1: and and you should be more careful especially mm-hmm. with people from somatically non-stable subgenuses <laughs> that you don't necessarily know personally and all of these kinds of things mm-hmm. and just kind of riffing on that because i think it's i think you can you can think something is valuable and important and also quite silly you know <laughs> right. you can go, yeah it, this is important but also it's a little bit silly and one of the big ones for monstrous agonies is the word monster which has come acts where there was one character who worked with a a sapio sapio is the word that we use for kind of humans but Mm -hmm. because you've got this blurry you know a witch is a member of the creature community or 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 is you know considered to be a night folk person but is also still human so you Mm -hmm. kind of
0: yeah there's, yeah, a, there's
1: a they could pass in a sense yeah, yeah exactly yeah, exactly yeah. sapio seeming is a is a phrase and uh yeah so so there's somebody who works with a sapio colleague who has a mug that says i'm a real monster before i've had my coffee mm-hmm. and they're just like i want to eat him yeah alive in the middle of the office like i hate that and then you've got in one of the bonus episodes, we do like a history of monster punk and the fact that it's monster is actually important because it's, it's riffing on queer core. It's riffing right. on, on it's, you know,
0: it's reclaiming the term. term
1: exactly. Models, exactly. Yeah, and yeah. then the, the interviewee on that uh, episode calls themselves a monster and calls their friends a monster really, really explicitly. And that's really fun. And there's other characters who really, really shy away from it and are like, I don't know. Nope, that's not, reclaimed Mm. for me that makes me super uncomfortable yeah and it's just sort of reflecting the diversity of the different communities that are kind of being represented in the show you know any any, any, so many so many communities have identified with monstrosity and been identified with monstrosity Mm. and that's not just queer people it's you know it's across the board if you're marginalized somebody has. Monstified you. Um, it's the idea
0: of otherness, yeah.
1: Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. And I think it was important to me to not make that homogenous and go,
0: mm-hmm.
1: yeah, no, not everybody feels the same because they don't. There's no right. rules here. You just listen and be kind. That's the rule. <laughs> That's you know. So that was a slightly waffly answer,
0: but <laughs> no, that was that was great. And, and it's such a it's such a simple rule too. You know, you just be kind and and, and be willing to listen. Mm-hmm. As a as a, a straight person, as as a, a cis white hat run of the mill, you know, it took me a couple of episodes, honestly, to realize. Oh, this is this is a metaphor for the queer community. Like I, I was like, oh, how do vampires get on when they meet their in laws for the first <laughs> time? Like it just didn't click to me, mm-hmm. and and it and it took me a while to realize. Oh, okay, oh, this okay, I I see what 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 they're doing now, and this is it felt like looking behind a curtain. And, and the thing that I realized was the relationship advice that the presenter gives, it's all very good. It's all very well mm. thought out. And it's very universal, which I think is such, like, people don't realize the, the universality of, of queer relationships and, mm-hmm. and, and heteronormative relationships. They're, the human yeah. heartbeats the same way, regardless yeah, of what the outside is. Yeah, you still need to talk is. to your partner yeah. and be exactly. honest about
1: what you need. Exactly. Like exactly.
0: And <laughs> yeah. it's... It's it's so good in that way because I'm sure, you know, your queer listeners picked up right away what was going on. They they knew, and I'm a little smarter than the average bear, but it still took me
1: <laughs> a I while mean, to honestly, get there. It, yeah. I'm not going to lie. It took me a while and I was making mm-hmm. it. And
0: that's what so, I was wondering, if that was the plan yeah. from the start or if you just kind of realized that's what you were doing as you went along. Yeah,
1: it was actually, it was primarily the audience's reaction that made me realize that that was what was going on. And mm-hmm. so... I remember, there, I can't remember the, the order of necessarily all of the sure, episodes sure. at the start, yeah, especially. There's, there's been like um, 60 or 70 at this point. There's so many, yeah, yeah. so many, so <laughs> <laughs> many. Um, but like when I first started writing Monstrous Strat- Agonies, I kind of or was hoping it would be a cool horror thing. Like mm-hmm. I was like, this is going to be a cool horror thing. Yeah. It's going to be spooky. And I was like, I don't really know how to write spooky things (laughs) (laughs) turns out i just keep writing um nice things instead and and that's okay but so you know i knew i knew that the problems would be a mixture of like metaphor Mm. or funny monster version of right and and a few Oh no, you're just cursed. Like you just haven't. Like there's actually just a magic reason this yeah, is happening, yeah, yeah. kind of thing. And I knew there was going to be a mix of those, but I hadn't thought particularly that about it being a metaphor for queerness or for marginalisation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's just that when I came to think about being fundamentally, radically different than the societal norm. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you start thinking about marginalization. That's exactly sure. what that is, you know, mm-hmm. but it really took off with because we accept submissions and prompts from right, our yeah, listeners I so they can that. write letters in. And so it was it was really that, that 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 kind of drove it home for me of like, not only is this what we were kind of doing anyway, but also how important this is and mm-hmm. how much mm-hmm. how much the audience is responding to that and really valuing that, you know? And I think that's been really helpful because it means that I felt empowered to write beyond my own experience, you know? So we've had a couple of, of letters about various disabilities mm-hmm. um, and I'm not disabled, but of course, <laughs> of course we have disabled listeners. Of course they're, sure. you know, super active in our in our community and and say, okay, you want to talk about different bodies? Let's go. Let's do that. (laughs) Let's do that. And I think sometimes it's been it's been pretty accidental. Like there was there was somebody on Tumblr who made a really lovely post about there's a character whose friend is coming to visit, who has lots of sort of dietary requirements and safety Mm -hmm. requirements. So she's like. Oh, I have to get rid of all of the iron in the house, and we can't mm. have anything salt, and also nothing like electric works when when my when friend visits. Yeah. So we have to make all of these um all of these sort of adaptations. And somebody on Tumblr was like, that is honestly like the only good rep I've ever seen of severe food allergies and complicated dietary requirements. And I was like, Oh, I was, I was doing you know,
0: fairies are allergic to iron. Stuff. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, was, yeah. I was
1: like, I had the the monster idea and mm-hmm, then worked mm-hmm. that sort of backwards. And they were like, no, that was really important for me. That was, that was really, <laughs> you know, effective. And I was like, you're welcome. Thank you for letting me know.
0: <laughs> Cause I just sort of locked into it really. Nah, you, you claim that. So you meant it all along. <laughs> oh and yeah, yeah. You're mm-hmm, doubly mm-hmm. impressed. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's, a, it's learning for you just as much as it is.
1: Hmm.
0: Yeah. As I guess you, you're teaching in a way.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I think that that sort of loops back into the, the question about language as well.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: One example that I do come back to quite often is there was a couple, one was aromantic and, but not asexual. And the other mm-hmm. was asexual, but not aromantic. I remember that one, and yeah, so. yeah. And one of them needed blood to survive and was feeding on their partner and then was uncomfortable with the sort of sexual connotations of feeding directly right. off a, right. uh, off a person and you know i tend to when i'm writing i tend to i'm not going to tell you what kind of monster it is i'm not going to tell you right. what story. kind of metaphor yeah. it is it's mm-hmm. like you read it you read it you can do this yeah. i trust mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. and so i would never have written i am a romantic and not asexual and my partner is asexual and not aromantic I, I just wouldn't have done that right. because that's not my writing style but this person who made that submission Listen to our show and and went. Yeah, I can do this. This is a safe place for me to say these are the words I want to use, mm-hmm. and and this is the language that matters to me. And and here's the letter using the words I use about myself that reflects something about me, and that really, you know, people are like, oh my god, it's like explicit rep of of these mm-hmm. entities yeah. that really don't get any and I was like that wasn't me that was you that was all you like that's that's the joy of taking you know submissions from from other people is that they get to use the words that are important to them right. to use and to claim that and to to really you know tell their story in their own language even if it's also a story about vampires you know <laughs>
0: You can have both. Vampires need right. their own language. No, exactly. You're absolutely right though. The importance of yes, of, of claiming your own language. You know, mm-hmm. the the gift of speech is, is something that I think humanity takes for granted more often than not. The mm-hmm. fact that we can label and own and understand and share with with just the the mouth gunk coming out of our our cords, <laughs> right. you know. Right. The listener emails fascinate me in the sense that, yes, it shows a, a vibrant and growing community, which as, as a creator on the internet, I'm, I'm envious of, but also <laughs> when you get those letters in, how, how, how do you, have you ever found yourself just straight reading the letter on the air or do you put everything through your filter? Yeah, write them? yeah.
1: Pretty often. I mean, it depends because we accept like one line prompts as well. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. sometimes they're like, Gorgon can't make friends because of the stone thing, right, and you're like, right. okay, let's run yeah, with that. Right. What, well, what might that well. look like? Yeah, yeah. And then some people write in a, a full letter. I, yeah, there's definitely been letters that that have just gone in almost completely unedited. Mm-hmm. I've maybe taken a hello off the front because right, right. we don't really start with that. But that, <laughs> apart from that, they they are. Pretty much word for word copy and paste, okay. which is great when you're having a really slow day and you're like, I just don't want to write. <laughs> can't get the writing. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> you're just like, I just, I got one. I, I got a yes. full submission, so I'm just gonna. <laughs> this is great. Oh, this is so much easier for me. Yeah. <laughs> oh God, I, I only have to do the answer, and that's just talk about it. <laughs> like, yeah, and so some of them do. Some of them, most often, if somebody has written a full letter the only editing i do is editing down sometimes they get a little long okay. and sometimes they've got really fantastic ideas that aren't adding anything to the real core of the letter so they're really mm. fun mm. world building ideas but they're not actually doing anything for the for the, the main further hook you know and sometimes people will add things into their into their letters that i'm like oh i need to change the language here because we've already established such and such or Ooh, okay, i'm actually not sure. prepared to confirm that jellicle cats are a, a, a special genus in yeah. monstrosity <laughs> i'm gonna I'm gonna edit that
0: a little yeah. bit. You're not know? gonna have a butthole cut of that episode, yeah? No, no, no. I'm not nope. having a butthole cut. All right, All right. brave, but okay. It.
1: Yeah, I feel like a butthole cut in a in a podcast is so much worse because someone has to yes, say it. Because you gotta
0: <laughs> describe it. <laughs> yeah,
1: describe yeah. it. So yeah, so sometimes I edit for world building purposes uh, solely, or just mm-hmm. language. Mm-hmm. You know, changing human to sapio, for example. But often, uh, quite often, they do just go in kind just of as the they are know. if someone's written a full episode. And I think also because uh, one of the reasons that I wanted to take submissions was because I realized that if I'm writing two letters and two responses every week, so there's 70 episodes, mm-hmm. so 140 letters and 140 yeah. answers,
0: mm-hmm.
1: my writing voice is going to dominate
0: Yeah. Okay. You know,
1: which I'm fine with on the answers. Mm -hmm. But on the letters, I want you to kind of feel like other people are doing, things. Mm -hmm. you know, I want it to feel like other thoughts, uh, other brains are processing these issues. And, you know, it's Mm -hmm. all right for the presenter to always speak the same. But, you know, by Amber, the the brummy mongolian deathworm needs to have a slightly different voice than right, the you know sexy sentient tapeworm or whatever mm-hmm. like they they need to be different yeah. and the, I, and i don't necessarily have the the awareness as a writer to be able to do mm-hmm. that uh, you know consistently so when people do write submissions i tend not to edit i try and keep as much of their language as possible mm-hmm partly because i think that's a respect thing they've put yeah. the effort into yeah. writing it in their words and i've asked them to and partly because i think it makes the program better
0: you know to, to no, hear different voices you know that makes perfect sense i mean yeah and and it you do get the sense and i think you're absolutely right that it is not just one person writing mm. you know that there is a community listening both mm. you know to the presenter and to your show so that's that's smart choice there Thank you. I don't know if I if my ego would have been able to, to handle sharing the, the the credit with anybody else but, uh, but well the nice good.
1: thing is that people always forget which ones are submissions anyway so they're like, oh I love that letter and I'm like, thank you. Thank
0: you uh-huh. you wrote it yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you, are people ever surprised when when they hear their letters on or do you, do you let them know beforehand or I don't or let them just...
1: know beforehand okay. they go in roughly in the order that they're submitted but we okay. get I mean we closed submissions last season. At like Christmas, like months mm-hmm. and months and months before mm-hmm. the season finished because we just filled up.
0: Great, good problem. It's to brilliant, have. absolutely.
1: Yeah. And so people didn't necessarily know when theirs would be because they didn't know when they had come in mm-hmm. relation to to the others that were going up. So we actually had the person who wrote the very very last letter of season two was on uh, Tumblr and and reblogged the week before the penultimate episode going, oh no, I think my letter got lost. <laughs> and I like messaged them and I was like, is, oh. is yours this one? And they were like, yes. And I was like, oh no, no, no. I love it so much. It's going to be the last one. It's the last <laughs> one of the season. So that was, that was, you know, just to sort of assuage their fears. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay. So no, I, I don't think people are necessarily surprised, but everyone has been wonderfully positive when when they've heard it and any of the feedback has just been, you know, really lovely <laughs> Just and, and quite, it's, it feels quite a lot to, to take mm-hmm. somebody else's work and, and just plop it into your, your show. And cause they're not, you know, nobody here is getting paid. There's no, mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. not a professional credit or something. It's not right, something right. you can, you know, it's just something that they've had a cool idea and have put the energy and effort into, to do it. into sending it. And so you can, I feel quite protective of them and, you know, I really
0: want to do a good job. <laughs> Absolutely. Has, has anybody ever gotten back to you taking the presenter's advice and, and letting you know how it turned out? You, yeah.
1: And not, not explicitly, but I did have, there was one who was a, a creature who has lots and lots of different sensory perception, but not sight. And okay. was so when they're on the surface, they use a cane to get around. Mm-hmm. and they were talking about their colleagues being quite infantilizing and what can mm. I do about this yeah i
0: remember that one. um
1: yeah and then the, the the advice was like you you got to give them the opportunity you know this is it's kinder to them as well right? to tell them how to look after you. Mm-hmm. Like that's, that's, yeah, basically just, you deserve to to, to speak up about this. Mm-hmm. And that person did share that and, and go like, Ooh, guess I need to have a chat with my colleagues. <laughs> you know. <laughs> so I hope that turned out well. I didn't, didn't see any follow-up, but yeah. So occasionally people, and I've had a couple of people write in as well who have just in a sort of general sense saying that the, th- the themes of the advice given have helped them mm. in their in their normal life cuz so much of it is about it's about integrity and honesty yeah. and being true to to who you are and what you need but also something that i think comes up over and over again is this idea that the people who love you want to do right by you mm-hmm. and you are helping them it is a privilege to help and support the ones that you love. You're not a burden. You are giving them the gift of looking after you. And that's a good thing. And you can embrace that. Um, And that kind of reframing away from, oh, people are gonna get annoyed at me asking for help. And it's like, no, people are gonna be glad. They're gonna be grateful. They're gonna be so happy that you asked. And I think that that's helped quite a few people to sort of, yeah, re sh, sort of shift their mm-hmm. their frame of reference a little so and that's i think that that's the bit that i find really overwhelming actually it's when people write in and and i'm like this helped me in my real life and i'm like it's it's great, just... okay, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah okay that's really cool thank you <laughs> i hope it's all right for me to write to you me and my friend have known each other since uni My family's a bit complicated. I've got this one cousin, is an obligate carnivore. Situation is being complicated by her thrall. My girlfriend is from a different genus to me. I say no neighbors, there is one. I've got lots of friends who are creatures. Which Muppet is the sexiest? And I wish I could tell you I didn't see the mushrooms until it was too late, but I'm so lonely. Time's a bit weird. Here, rubbing themselves clean, their arms, their face wiping over every part of themselves. My cabbages. I kissed her under oceans, among the stars. Yuck. And before you know it, it stopped, drop and roll in the middle of the foyer. Cold, emotionless eyes. There's no sugarcoating it. I died. You can imagine that it's a bit of a sore spot for me. Too bloody weird. I don't want to hurt my friend. I don't want to get the council involved. How can I make amends to her? How do I close this distance between us? Is there any salvage in this situation? How do I stop feeling like this? I'm at my wit's end. But isn't there anything I can do? What can I do? What should I do? Please help. Monstrous Agonies. Weekly advice for creatures of the night. New episodes every Thursday. Listen online at monstrousagonies.co.uk or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: Do you do research when you're tackling a question? Like, do you look into, have you listened to a lot of other advice shows or Mm. because? I
1: don't, (laughs) I don't tend to listen to other. Or are you just taking
0: your 30 years of of experience on Earth? Yeah, I'm just, I'm very wise. Very, very, for your age, very impressive.
1: Yeah. No, I don't, I don't listen to other advice shows or read other agony aunts because they're almost all really like they're horrible so many of them are really horrible like so many of them yeah they are really and horrible in both ways both the advice and the problems you know that there's Mm -hmm. so many that are like my husband fundamentally dislikes me how do i suck it up yeah, you know, and the advice is, oh well, here's some tips for dealing with, Ooh. and none of them are divorce,
0: divorce, you know? yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: like, or they're just, yeah, there's, there's, so there's not many. There is my mum cut out a a pile of um clippings from a magazine called the Spectator, and she cut out all of the agony, aunt letters for weeks and weeks I mean it's a proper chunk and posted them to me so uh, I do look through those sometimes because they're usually quite chill they're like oh they're, they're, there's there's a letter in Monstrous of a couple who have been together for about 800 years I think mm-hmm. and they've got a huge collection of historic erotica of themselves but <laughs> you know, and it like started with some woodcuts
0: that's hilarious and, we, and
1: went on from there and they've mm-hmm. got like like oil paintings and tapestries Mm. and Fabergé eggs and (laughs) And they're like but we are you know coming to the end of our lives now and we don't know what to do with this this is a really (laughs) important collection for us it's very Mm -hmm. emotional but we don't want our kids going through it right right yeah and that was lifted from one of those letters that my my mom sent me was we've got some photos from the seventies, <laughs> and <laughs> you know, and they—they they're usually they—they're they're okay because they're kind of funny and chill, and the stakes mm-hmm, aren't that mm-hmm. high. Right. Whereas, quite often, they're—they're they're a bit. Other ones that I see, you're just like, just break up. This is a horrible relationship. Mm-hmm, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. This? It should, this yeah, is it awful. should be
0: two words. Yeah, yeah, ending. And that's End a, it. You know, yeah, leave. Yeah.
1: Like, <laughs> so I don't use a lot of real ones, but I do do an awful lot of research while I'm actually writing, and part of that is is because I've got ADHD and I'm incapable of thinking something and not opening a tab and immediately Googling it, but also because I, as I've I've learned about myself as a writer that I need to have a certain amount of sort of internal imaginative landscape filled in
0: before okay, sure. I can
1: do the work. You know, the character who who uses a stick to aid the mother above mm-hmm. ground because they can't see. So I did like a weird amount of research on creatures who don't have eyes and, you know, animals that live in caves okay. and, and right. that kind of thing. And it wasn't, none of that came in. I didn't write that they were actually one of these, real life animals or anything but it was just to help me kind of build a space that i can work in and know what kind of is in there if that makes sense that's a bit yeah
0: no that's the, the yeah. you, you needed the the subtext before you could write the context yeah Absolutely. yeah and
1: uh, yeah. yeah and i think it also because you're shifting gears quite quickly mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. you know
1: you've got two letters per episodes and you you kind of have to go okay clunk i need a relatively unknown cryptid from the uk who isn't as famous as nessie uh big cats okay that's cool we've got you know british big cats that's and then you go oh now i've got a wait oh what's a funny historical thing for someone to claim they were at when they weren't um guy fawkes getting arrested you know and you you need to i i'm not quick enough to come up with those Off the top of my head, I have to I have to go and Google and click around, you know, see what's out there.
0: That's why we have the the whole of human knowledge at at our fingertips at all times, right? Yeah. How how convenient for us. We don't have to think about stuff anymore. (laughs) Great, I use it all the (laughs) time. You you've you've started doing this more and more as the show progresses, is to kind of picking different accents and different demeanors for when you're reading the letters. Was that a, is it? Was that a conscious choice to sort of show off that you can do different accents or voices, or was <laughs> it more it's just to say that I
1: can yeah. do them? It's more that I will do. Them.
0: Well, yeah. I mean, hey, you you're you're coming from the untrained ear of an American here. You know, <laughs> if, if, if I can differentiate between yeah South and North England, I'm happy. You know? right. sort
1: of a... Yeah. So that that was less about sort of stretching my acting chops and more mm-hmm. about. Well, that's a lot of letters we've got. (laughs) I kind of need them to... I think I also got... I'm not... uh, hmm. A lot of people who are in audio fiction Mm -hmm. actually come from other theatrical backgrounds. Like, a lot of them Mm -hmm. have come through the stage. Or, I mean, even, you know, tabletop RPGs are a really underrated form of amateur acting you know oh, like people yeah. it, it's a hundred percent the, the most
0: know. popular show is all cartoon voice actors you know right, yeah exactly it's, it's, exactly yeah, they've, they've come um from, from outside absolutely yeah
1: and so so a huge huge quantity of people from audio fiction are acting a lot or have been mm-hmm, acting mm-hmm. a lot i haven't i'm a writer i don't i'm i was never a stage kid i was never a theater kid i was never in the school plays i don't Really like doing that very much. That surprises me, honestly, because <laughs>
0: right. it like, feels so natural. Yeah, yeah.
1: It just doesn't. It something about it. Just, I think I get. I get so embarrassed, and <laughs> I just can't let go of that and relax into it. And, you know, and I know sensibly that you're gonna look more silly if you kind of half do it and don't really care mm-hmm. and you're gonna look better if you just go absolutely like chew right. the scenery it. get it yeah. done yeah but it took me I still have that in me to to just go like I'd really rather play a tree I'd really rather just <laughs> and I think one of the reasons that the voice acting gets a little more diverse as it goes mm-hmm. on is that I relaxed and I there got you. less embarrassed and I realized that actually, when I did the Texan werewolf, nobody wrote in and was like, that was awful. <laughs> <You know? laughs> they were like, yee look at you go. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, okay. You know, and-, and It was
0: fine. fine. It was fine. It was <laughs> yeah. a good effort.
1: <laughs> it was a good effort. Yeah. I feel like I should have just gone to town and done the full yee like Just
0: really leaned into it.
1: Yeah, there is the um the I don't know if you from
0: Texas. That would have been yeah. perfectly spot on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's They're the also thing getting is... into it.
1: Because yeah. the thing is that there's... I was talking to a friend from Texas about this, actually, where I was like, I don't ever want to sound like I'm making fun of anybody's accent, mm-hmm. you know? And she was like, yeah, but we sound like that. <laughs> 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 You're not making fun of us. We do sound like that. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, right, okay. And I think that helped as well, realizing that nobody's going to be offended Although my Scottish, uh, a Scottish friend of mine, after my first attempt at a Scottish accent, was like, you know, it was no worse than anything in Highlander, and I was like, that's not really yeah, a compliment. That was,
0: <laughs> that was a French guy doing a Scottish yeah. accent, speaking a language he really didn't know. Yeah. I don't know. How yeah, that.
1: thanks.
0: <laughs> I mean, the one Sean Connery but he was mm-hmm. playing a, a Spanish guy. So yeah, yeah. yeah You've got, you got an yeah. Irish
1: guy playing a Spanish guy and a mm-hmm. Belgian playing a Scotsman. Yeah, and it's yeah, like, yeah. well, you know, and, and then monster Agnes comes in. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, great, thanks. It was no worse than that.
1: <laughs> yeah, I did also realize partway through season two, there are, like one of my sort of default voices is a bad impression of David Tennant. And I, I just... <laughs> 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 and I don't think it's... A so good I enough impression guessing of David Tennant. you
0: watch some Doctor Who when you're <laughs> a, yeah. little bit, just a, little a little bit. A little
1: bit. But yeah, I don't think it's a good enough impression of David Tennant that you can tell. But I realize that I'm doing it. And I'm like, really? <laughs> it's just...
0: <laughs> I mean, I think the key is to keep it not that good so that nobody starts yeah. going, oh, what? They're doing a bad David Tennant. That's what's going on.
1: Exactly. Exactly. They're bad just bad. like, that's a completely original voice. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's very <important. laughs> the presenter's voice though is so even-keeled and yet warm even when they're being there's some tough love that goes in there you know mm. you know there mm-hmm. there a lot of it is like you said you know it's not suck it up and deal it's suck it up and do the hard thing that you know you need mm-hmm. to do you know mm-hmm. which made me when i first started listening I'm like oh this this person has either or done some some national public radio or yeah. has listened to a lot of that because they've got the tone that <laughs> you know that and, and, yeah uh, i'm geez, definitely i'm definitely doing my, my yeah. bbc voice yes it is, it's exactly it it's, it's it's very radio voice yeah yeah it's
1: it's late night radio for 100 percent. and i think i was actually talking to a friend about the difference between radio in america and radio in the uk because we actually the night folk network wouldn't exist in the uk because Mm -hmm. tiny weird niche indie radio stations don't exist here if the night network existed here it would be a digital only branch of the bbc Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know and 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 it wouldn't be broadcasting on fm radio or it would be a late night slot that actually most people listen to online after the fact but it wouldn't it wouldn't exist you know we don't really have those those little radio stations but i think that kind of helped the the presenter's voice because it was like oh i do the bbc voice mm-hmm. and i know what that is because we've only got because
0: that's you know, you got, five
1: radio stations right, right. <laughs> we're all doing the bbc voice you know i know how to do this <laughs> and i think it you know it it feels extremely radio for <laughs> often <laughs> like if you tune it we actually because the um the start and the end of each episode have the sort of sound of a tuning radio mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. The, the static and that's my yeah. favorite bit to do of the whole show i love it I well, really the, the love
0: little it. glimpses of whatever other shows yeah, they're doing yeah, yeah those exactly. are fun those are a lot of fun, exactly
1: yeah. and late night radio radio four is genuinely a phenomenal source for that because they're always doing like there was one it was like Two in the morning and they were talking about sourdough and they were doing like a whole segment about (laughs) sourdough. And I got all these wonderful people saying like, well, I'm not sure I'd say it was alive, you know, and "Well, Mm -hmm. it's been in our family for generations. And it's like all of these like incredible snippets of people talking about the most out there stuff, you know, or you've got somebody reading from... You know shacklebolt's diary or something and you're just like what are you talking about this is amazing yeah whereas like if you try and find sort of you know your pop pop music radio and you're like mm-hmm. yeah that's great for a little but it's nobody's saying anything interesting you're not gonna yeah.
0: get anything interesting yeah
1: yeah whereas late night radio 4 genuinely who knows
0: what you're gonna get it's gonna be- <laughs> it, it feels very i don't know if the uk had cable access tv shows from what i understand everything is bbc so there's nothing that gets in that isn't bbc
1: we we have other service providers are available okay okay all
0: right i don't i, I haven't done my yeah. deep dive into into uk <laughs> media i'm sorry but the cable access tv in the, in the states is very much that if you have a strong enough signal
1: mm-hmm. and can
0: find some empty airwave space you can put yourself yeah. on TV. no we we is, don't have yeah, that at all and like <laughs> that's where you find that the weird stuff for us it's the the Battlestar Galactica fan show yeah. where everyone's in you know full Cylon gear the entire time mm-hmm. and nobody mentions like, the nobody they're
1: just fine with it just that's like... just
0: how they that's just what we do on a Thursday night yeah yeah, yeah. that's that's the good <laughs> stuff you don't find that so much anymore in the states just because everything is Everybody has to own everything now. You know, there's no, yeah. we're running yeah. out of free space. Yeah. You know, and I suppose, and
1: that- I suppose a lot of that stuff is going online now. I mean, why would you? Absolutely. You can reach a bigger audience if you do that on YouTube or you do that on Twitch, you know. Right. And right. I think right. podcasting, it's really interesting trying to explain fiction podcasts to mm-hmm. people who really only think that podcasts are one thing. And you're yeah. going, it's radio plays. Everyone yeah. else is talk radio, and we're doing radio plays. Right. That's right. the only difference. We're just doing it online <laughs> you know?
0: for a, a wider audience and a more specific audience. And I think, I think you're absolutely right when you say, uh, you know, the podcast community, the podcast sphere is probably the most open as far as what you're going to find because there's no regulations, mm-hmm. but it's also because it's safe for a lot of people. Monsters is a huge queer positive show mm-hmm. and i think that's what brings in a lot of your listeners there's a safe space and i think there are a lot of podcasts that you know may not necessarily be be horror fantasy podcasts with queer representation but there's a lot of it out there you know what i mean to some extent it feels marginalized because it speaks so directly to a marginalized audience mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and i no i and- agree
1: and i think it's i think it's no coincidence that so one of my jobs in my other life is mm-hmm. uh, social media, and you know everyone talks about oh you need to be on Twitter you need to be on Twitter oh you know, well you know I do social media for a game studio and we need to be on Reddit let's that's where our that's where gamers are and audio fiction you need to be on Tumblr that's that's where audio fiction mm-hmm. listeners mm-hmm. are on mass and I'm it's because yeah. oh yeah no seriously <laughs> like Tumblr is like you know Twitter is where you talk to your colleagues in the industry Mm -hmm. but tumblr is where you your listeners are where your actual you know the people who are making fan art who are engaging
0: in your in your work and who even you can't do porn anymore i mean they're
1: oh no they find a way it's still there they found a way to get
0: around that (laughs) that's good
1: Yeah, yeah you know but that's that's where they are that's where they're engaging and i don't think that that's any coincidence because tumblr has also for so long been an incredibly gay yeah. corner of the yes. of the internet. Yes. And it's it
0: fascinating.
1: Is, yeah. Yeah. I mean, so much of it is about anonymity. You know, it's one mm-hmm. of the last mm-hmm. social mm-hmm. media sites where you are completely anonymous. Yes. Actually. And there's no there's no algorithm. There's no expectation that your profile picture is you or that you've mm-hmm. got your real legal name as your username. It's you just sort of scurry in there and roll about in the weirdness for a bit when you have a medium that has an incredibly low barrier for entry, you can make a podcast on your phone. You can just do that. You know, we're all carrying around with us microphones that are better mm-hmm. than people who were are making radio with, you know. And naturally that means that, that creators who would otherwise find it difficult to break into the sort of mainstream mm-hmm. or difficult to get past sort of, you know, the sort of gatekeepers or who are telling stories that don't fall easily into those mm-hmm. kind of categories you're like yeah i've got a trans character but they're fine about it they're not actually miserable and they're like oh well we can't sell that so
0: right right or, or <laughs> yeah. we really make it a thing past the yeah first. yeah it's yeah, just yeah,
1: like literally yeah. it comes up once in passing uh, and like yeah. trying to get that kind of narrative
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, past you know heteronormative right. cisnormative editors and and marketing teams and mm. so on is incredibly difficult and and you don't have that in podcasting. And so you have I think in fiction podcasting because Welcome to Night Vale was our big one. Yeah. That you
0: yeah. know that was yeah. that the, was, the reveal that he was gay which is like oh my god I didn't it just Yeah it came out of nowhere but it wasn't a big but it
1: wasn't TV. and it was yeah. it was consistent yeah. and it was yes. and it, it was, didn't was feel normal yeah. yeah right and and the fact that yeah. welcome to Night Bell vale specifically was the fiction podcast that other people it who was, don't listen yeah. to fiction podcasts <laughs> have listened That's to and know. it's yeah. the one and the fact that our biggie you know, our kind of, mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. know, Lord of the Rings to fantasy kind of <laughs> kind of moment was I'm about a gay man. We'll
0: love to hear that. Yeah, <laughs> right? yeah. It
1: was was about a gay man and written mm-hmm. by a gay man, and and you know, mm-hmm. and that's that I think fundamentally shapes the landscape. Yeah. And so you've got all of that combining, and you've got Tumblr being a a very very gay part of the internet and mm. also where fandom is, where mm, it's mm-hmm, it's uh-huh. normal to post your fanfic and your fan art right. and to, to go, I just want to talk about this one guy from this TV show who I think is really cool and just do that for years. And that's that's normal that. And, and so, you have an um,
0: audience and so people will comment. Yeah yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. You'll post another picture of that guy from that one <laughs> TV show, and everyone mm-hmm. go, We do like that. Thank you.
0: Yeah. <laughs> that was <Thank> great.
1: <laughs> <know>? <laughs> we are fond of him. <laughs> um, I think all of these things combine to make, you know, audio fiction and Tumblr
0: mm-hmm.
1: kind of like, you know, Chocolate spread and peanut butter—they <laughs> just like it
0: goes together. So they
1: just oh, it's so good. <laughs> Do
0: you feel like they are are kind of a, a a bastion, or is it a wave? Is this are they the inclusiveness in top and podcasts? Are they going to be where we go from here?
1: Yeah. Yes, I think I think we've got a long way before mainstream media gets to where audio fiction is. Mm -hmm. In terms of representation, you know, I think we see let's take queer representation as one example, because it's Mm -hmm. quite cool now, actually. And you can put you can make your you can make your characters trans, you can make them gay. Mm -hmm. That's cool. You still have relatively few sort of models for what that can look like, you know, so you can have a trans woman but only if she's got a certain kind of story and a certain kind of role and okay. she's very rarely going to be the just the unproblematized love interest of your rom-com. Right. And also you get you can have a gay main character if he's a really lovely high school boy and he's so cute. And it's like okay. Do you know how many do you know how many cute high school boys I know in the queer community? None. Mm, no. I'm 30. Yeah. Come on. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, you probably shouldn't be spending time with too many cute high school boys no! when you're 30, But, <laughs> but, yeah, I, but the, I get what you mean, yeah. But where <laughs>
1: You know, where, is, where are the people who look like anyone I actually mm-hmm, spend time mm-hmm. with? Or the yeah. adult media? Like, the mm-hmm, no, mm-hmm. not adult, but, you know, like, right. where no, is the, yeah, yeah. the grown-up stories mm-hmm. that are queer without being tragic, you know? Right. And I don't think that we've got there yet. I think also we, I think a lot, uh, mainstream media, I think, wants to and profits from a narrative of, oh, we're all the same, really. It's all mm-hmm. the same, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, And that's not true. You know, mm-hmm. my my life is different than your life on a number of fundamental <laughs> axes. <laughs> that doesn't mean that one is inherently worse or better or, right. you know, more valuable to tell a story about or any of those things. But we don't one thing that I think comes through monstrous agonies or I hope comes through is that different is good. Different is good and being different and recognizing your difference and celebrating it or if you can't celebrate it, at least note it and acknowledge that, you know, actually somebody somebody with a visual impairment does need fundamentally different things in mm-hmm. the world than somebody without that's fine you know and Mm -hmm. we don't we it's silly to say that that you know oh well it's all the same and it's and I don't think the mainstream media is there in that kind of representation and I think it's very selective about who gets to be the rep so yeah you know I I hear people talk about like oh you know it's so stereotypical to have like a, a fat butch lesbian in something and I'm like name one one thing Mm -hmm. name one fat butch lesbian on netflix please please give me the rex like yeah you know (laughs) like tell me any you know yeah and and uh, i don't know i think when i see sort of mainstream outlets looking at podcasting as a form of fiction because it happens about Two three times a year, uh, mm-hmm. where usually the New York Times weirdly comes out and goes, "What if a movie was just audio? Wouldn't that be cool?" Oh, yeah. oh, imagine a podcast, but it was made up. You know?
0: <laughs> um, Newscapes are dead media.
1: <laughs> it's just nonsense. But they never, they never are actually looking at first of all what's already there or what the right. the traditions of right. the medium are. They aren't looking at what makes that medium interesting and what's cool about it and how that can affect your storytelling. They're just going, hey, what if we can make some money off that using the same boring stories we already always mm-hmm, do? Because
0: mm-hmm.
1: then we don't have to pay for new exciting mm. stories.
0: Exactly. It's genius. I've got so, the stable yeah, so, of writers who have written the same thing for 30 years. We'll just yeah. have them change some names around. Yep. Exactly.
1: Exactly. Yep. Yeah. And I do think, I think, you know, having said all of that, like audio fiction is fabulous for some kinds of representation and lousy for others. You mm. know, like it is incredibly hard for actors of color to to yeah. break into voice acting and to get yeah. into podcasting unless they're on shows made by people of color, you know, right, and it's like, right, well, why right. aren't white writers giving people this? Also, because it's, it's audio. They don't have That's to match, match their characters. Yeah. 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 It. It's fine. Well,
0: someone's you know, gonna have or, a problem with it somewhere though. Yeah. Oh,
1: yeah. 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 But like you, you're always going to offend someone. And I think That's you have true. to be honest That's about true. that and choose who you're going to offend right. and go, actually, if I'm offending those guys over there, then we're
0: doing okay. I'm, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm doing yeah, a yeah. good job. Yeah. Fine.
1: <laughs> yep. Fine
0: with oh, that. <laughs> the fascist Jordan Peterson neckbeards are mad. Good, I did it. Yeah, yeah. I'm fine yeah. with that. I'm fine. Yeah. So, what do you listen to? What are your What are your podcasts of choice right now? Mm. What are you consuming?
1: So, I'm made fun of regularly and rightly for being someone who loves podcasts and would love to listen to one one day. <laughs> like I, I I really s- struggle to find mm-hmm. the time and sure. the sort of brain power. But the ones that I go back to are also not, by no accident, they're also the people who have been on Monstrous Agonies, because I just...
0: It's fair, you're you know. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so the Missed Home Museum of Mystery, Morbidity and
0: Mortality. Okay. Um,
1: I honestly, I thought Monstrous Agonies was a bit long. <laughs> <And>
0: then... <laughs> <laughs> clocking in at 20 minutes an episode yeah
1: yeah, yeah. but the uh yeah missed home is is a fabulous podcast it's the premise is that you're listening to the audio tour guide mm. of a museum full of supernatural objects
0: okay um so and there's 10 minutes yeah yeah, yeah
1: yeah they are and so, so i think one of the <laughs> it's no surprise that it's one of my absolute favorites because <laughs> it's got one narrator it's got two stories per episode. Each episode is about 20 minutes. And I'm like, mm.
0: wow. Sounds familiar. All right. Why is yeah. this exactly
1: what I love? <laughs> but it's absolutely fabulous. And Dom Gilfoyle, who makes the show, they were actually in the second season, Monstrous Agnes, okay. as the CEO. So they, they play okay. our, right. our baddies. Yes. Yeah. And then uh, neighborly is a podcast made in Ireland. So I live in Belfast, which is in Northern Ireland. Mm-hmm. And Matty, who makes neighbourly, lives in Dublin, so the South. So we have like all island podcasting, you know. <laughs>
0: The solidarity podcasts, but beep yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs>
1: pretty much pretty yeah, much yeah. the two mm-hmm. podcasts mm-hmm. on this landmass you know? it's
0: a tiny little island here. it's
1: a tiny little island so neighborly is it's set on a street called little street and each episode goes behind the door of a different house on little street okay i know and, this one i listen to this one okay yeah it's fab yeah, yeah it's, it's fab. Really, good. really really like it and then the secret of st Kilda blew my socks off last finished earlier this year i think actually so they've had one season and it's Lockie mcgregor is a, a con man who fakes his death and runs away to the little scottish island of st kilda where the people there are definitely not a cult
0: definitely right not
1: yeah. a cult <laughs> um, it's like and it's man got,
0: situation somewhere in yeah, yeah, yeah yeah
1: it has Everyone in British and Irish podcasting except me and Matty in like it's got
0: they are working in season two, yeah, yeah.
1: genuinely. Like, because I've become quite good friends with the writers, so I'm like, Can you, can you, Where, where's uh, my part? Yeah, come on, yeah, come yeah, yeah, on, yeah, yeah. Man, I deserve it. Yeah. I got the jumpers, I can do it. <laughs> this is gonna be amazing, so yeah, and it's, it's absolutely phenomenal, really incredible. And then the salt verses as well would be my.
0: I'm, I'm working on talking with, uh, John and Muna to have, have Oh, all amazing. Yeah, amazing. Yeah. Amazing.
1: Yeah. The salt versus that, is one that I'm, I'm always like, the thing about podcasts is so often you're like, is this massive or is this just incredible? And so I'm yeah, always surprised yeah. that anyone isn't listening to the salt versus. Right. It's, it's amazing. So- <laughs> it's amazing. It is. It is. And talk the, the, about like really understanding what, your medium can do for you, mm-hmm. you know, and and mm-hmm. really leaning into that, it's just yeah. incredible.
0: <laughs> the stuff that, oof, yeah, some of those episodes, yeah, I, just the, the I, I, their world building is is exactly like oh, so some, some, we, we manufacture our gods now in factories. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow, what? Yeah, it's it's a, yeah. So yeah, I will. I'm that. I'm looking forward to to sitting with down with them because that's yeah. that. And and I am in the skew is also really good too. But Mm, I haven't listened to that one yet. But that was their first podcast. Mm -hmm. It's 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 quite good. It's more of an anthology. But Silver's is they've really they've they've, they're nailing something. Oh
1: yeah, it's phenomenal. It's phenomenal.
0: So good. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I remember I was listening to it while I was I had a lot of baking to do. Mm-hmm. Just a very intense baking sure. weekend. Yeah. Every yeah. so a little. I every year I make my partner a really elaborate birthday cake. Well, that's yeah. Sweet. So it's yeah. it's really fun, and it's and I really really love doing it. But it's always just this like weekend where I'm just taking mm-hmm. over the kitchen. Everything's covered in flour and icing sugar and food coloring, and then I come forth with Padme Amidala as a biscuit. You know, <laughs> 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 Or whatever it is. <laughs> What a couple
0: of nerds. (laughs) Yeah, it's true.
1: (laughs) So I I was making his cake Mm. one year and was like, you know what? Finally, I'm going to be standing in one place doing something that I can focus on long enough to listen to the silt verses. And I... I literally had it like tucked into my my shoulder, like I think it was in my binder strap, and I was like pressed up against it and like trying to listen. And I was like stopping baking just to stand in mm-hmm. awe and just go.
0: Did, did you end up making a trawler man cake? Just I didn't, but I <laughs> really want yeah, to. Just like, yeah, yeah. Or like just...
1: horrible like crab people. Yeah, just,
0: oh. yeah. Oh, it's so good. So good. So good. <laughs> Well, hero, I have kept you for longer than I wanted. Than I told you I was going to keep you, but this has been such a good conversation, and it's, I have. am a chatter. I think I, I feel like I should warn
1: everyone who asks to talk to me because I'm like, however long you think it's going to take, add an extra like 15 minutes, half an hour, because I perfect.
0: <laughs> perfect. I have one last question. Mm-hmm. What type of creature is the presenter?
1: Ooh, make it up.
0: Okay, so you're doing yep. that. You're gonna pull that. Ah, yeah.
1: That's why I pull every time.
0: Every time Any, people listen, anybody asks like, you, that's your pat answer. Yeah, I'm yeah. like, yeah. Whatever I mean, do you want. Do you have an answer of your of your own? No. No. I about it. All right.
1: No. I I think also like I'm far too big headed to ever come down on one or the other because mm-hmm. the presenter is quite understandably one of the characters who gets the most fan art. And I really love seeing everybody's different interpretations. Every
0: interpretations. Okay. All you know, right, so there's
1: fair. there's one that's like a galaxy, but they wear a little collar and spats. Oh um, and there's one who's like huge and wears like big woolly jumpers and is just like has a kind of flame head. Mm-hmm. Um somebody else has like deer antlers and stuff, and I'm like, I'm not stuffing that. That's that's yeah, phenomenal. That's fair.
0: <laughs> that's fair. All right. The the presenter will remain ambiguous and open mm. to interpretation then exactly <laughs> my guest has been hero Owen it has been an absolute delight they are the creator and driving force behind monstrous agonies a podcast for the creature community on the night folk network I have had such a blast talking with you and I am so glad that we got a chance to sit down and, and chat and please 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 just keep making the wonderful wonderful <laughs> show that you're making uh, because it is it is a delight we'll have all of Hero's social media and links to Monsters Agonies in the chat check it out, it's really just a lovely, delightful, funny silly podcast with a lot of heart, which here at Even Footing Games is exactly what we love the most so Hero, thank you again so much and ring us up anytime you've got something new in the books, and we'll, we'll be happy to, to sit down and talk about it.
1: Thanks very much thank you
0: All right, thanks very much to you folks out there. Check out our our social media. We are evenfootinggames.com. Babies and Broadswords is still out. Keep an eye out for new modules that are coming our way, and we'll talk to you next time.